bit stuff to share right now without breaking down. <laughs> I close my eyes, I sit down, I shut up. I'm just paying attention to what's happening in my body. This is Ethan Kobayashi. He's here to continue to discuss with me the intersection between his work and my work. For me, it means something a little bit different. That's why mm. I speak the way I speak. The sacred is over there. I think the opponent to anxiety is curiosity and fascination. What do you mean by God is real? but doesn't exist. Everything is sacred. Like everything is God. And it's like, it's not wrong, but it's the how. What the fuck do you feel? You know, I was like, what I identify with? And I said, identify as an existence and my pronouns are what and why. Yeah, I feel like I'm pressing up against the edge of this void. Whatever it is. Tiamat is really about practice. So between moving and being moved right now. Yes. We just created a playground. The playground is a place you can always come back to. Whoa, no one's ever asked me that before. We discuss an ecology of practices that they have developed called Tiamat. Welcome to the Brain VR podcast. We are sitting here today with Ethan Kobayashi. Welcome to our podcast, man. Thank you for coming. And yeah. honored guest. <laughs> <laughs> honored to be here. Indeed, like I'm actually an honored guest. I'm honored to be a guest. Yeah. <laughs> and we are honored that you like came all the way to Prague, actually. So, nah. um, our last conversation was, I think, almost two years ago. One and a half year ago. Mm -hmm. um, it was online and it was beautiful because it was about self-transformation. What are the ways? How can we transform? What is it that you actually do? What is Tiamat? What is the transformational practice that you developed? Your background, the background of Tiamat, and what are some, some things that we can take away from the practices and from transform transformation, but also what are some dangers of the transformation <laughs> as well? Um, so this conversation is going to be different. Uh, so if you guys want to check the last conversation to get the background and everything, we're going to cover like some background as well, definitely. But if you guys want to get the background, you can check the last conversation with Ethan that we've had. But right now, I would like to set a context to this conversation because we've just been a participants of Tiamat workshop with you. Yeah, It was two full days and two, two and a half day workshop. It was very, very intense. Um, and this is going to be kind of like share, um, like picking the most, the, the, the most amount of signal mm, from the workshop. Noise, yeah. And I want you to actually set a little bit more of the background. And then we have like a question that's gonna, it's right to the heart oh. of the heart of the thing. Okay. Come we're walking into it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Testing my context setting skills. Yeah. So, um, it was a, yeah, something like a two and a half day, three day residential weekend, uh, for Tiamat tier one, which is kind of the, like the basic entry level, um, into the skill building. And, uh, at least I like to set context for these by saying that it's not a, a connection container, which is like more focused on interpersonal meetings, right? Really getting a sense of coherence and togetherness. It's also not a transformational container and it's not designed to be built that way uh, where people really have like massive, like world changing kind of uh, uh, experiences. 
this doesn't mean that connection can't happen and it also doesn't mean that transformation can't happen. It definitely did. <laughs> Both of those. Yeah. Instead, it's actually a, a training container, like the training container, which is there to like challenge you and, and build skills that hopefully can actually be like uh, moved over into the real world, which was the kind of the whole point. Um, and like, I think that framing allows for a certain kind of space to run up against like a growth edge, run up against something that, you know, is slightly or maybe more than slightly outside your comfort zone. Um, and I saw that happen for three days and I was actually kind of, oh, wait, no, you have a question that you want to drop into my lap and like, I'm going to hold this one. I'm going to hold this question. Maybe, maybe you can, maybe we can continue a little bit because there's like one interesting thing yeah. that you said on the start and that was quite something I had to go through in my mind and go through in my body and was like, this container is not going to be a safe space. Yes. Can you expand it on a little bit more? Because like usually what we do usually on our camps, mm -hmm. you're trying to build a safe space. But what, what I feel from this is like saying it's not going to be a safe space. It's actually creating a little bit of a safe space. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and please a bit, uh, can you explain what container means? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so actually maybe I can tackle that first. Like a container is uh, a kind of shorthand term that we use for like, whether it's a retreat or it's like a workshop where an experience is contained within time, mm. right? So a, a three-day container, which means whatever happens here is contained within that three days. Um, and there's going to be some experiences and people who design containers and run containers uh, like myself try and curate that experience and take charge of it and, and hold it, make sure that it doesn't like spill over um or or leak like it's not a leaky container um yeah so yeah this question about safe spaces is interesting i did actually make it quite a conscious effort to uh set it out in the beginning that it is not going to be a safe space because uh it is a training container and so if it's a training container that means that there are going to be things which are going to require you to come up against some form of challenge um, and challenge is not safe because you're, you're meeting danger and it's like, okay, well, where am I in relation to that thing? Um, whereas if it is a completely safe space, uh, at least insofar as what an assumed sense of safety might be, then the presumption is that no danger will come to me. If there's no danger coming to me, then I don't need new skills. Um, I'm just in what I know. Uh, so when I make it a point to say like, Hey, um, this is not going to be a safe space. Implicit in that is the idea that if you are to be safe in any space, then you increase the quality of your skills and your capacity such that you're bringing safety with you wherever you go. And that's, I think, speaks a little bit more to the heart of what TMH is trying to do. It's like, how do you navigate your environment in such a way that you can be in an alien environment and still like carve out a sense of safety and belonging and agency and um, be able to impact something in your environment. It feels like that's at least one of the hearts of the practice and transformation, uh, at least one layer. So what do you mean by God is real, but doesn't exist? <laughs> this cup exists. 
this dice exists, this water exists, like we exist. But for me, whether you call it God or, or a sense of the sacred or the logos, it doesn't exist in that same way. But this connection that we have that we've built uh, over the past five days that we've known each other in real life, for example, um, the, the feeling of like the love that you share with somebody, like I've seen you to a very, very close friendship, like that, that bond, whatever that is, that's real, but it doesn't exist. It is no, nonetheless real though. So when I think about, um, what is the sacred, what is God, what is, um, uh, the divine, for example, um, it is like realness itself. That's what I, that's what I'm trying to point to. And a big reason for that is, uh, actually inspired by something that, um, Jung had found back in like 1920 something. Whenever he wrote, um, he wrote an essay that one of the biggest problems with men in the 20th century, I, I would argue is still actually a problem um, in the 21st century, is the othering of man from God. Like the sacred is over there, right? Is that thing, but it's not a thing, it's that thing which I need to pursue. And actually in doing that, it's, it's highlighting how othered I am from it because I've created an I and an it. You get what I mean? Like we've moved it to somewhere far away. So what I'm more interested in, and I think this is why when people ask me like, what are you? I, I say, you know, I'm a Zen Neoplatonist Confucian. It's like, <laughs> beautiful. Yeah, it doesn't exist on most uh, dating apps and their religion category. I just had to put other and then type something really long. Um, but it is this idea that the, the, the sacred is also in, or the divine can be found in the mundane. And I, this is very much a Confucian notion. Like, how do you, how do you train yourself to see the divine in the mundane such that, you know, the water itself is divine. Like there is divinity in the relationship that I have with the water. Right. Um, there is something, one like part of this, which I'm holding and it's very hard to say. And it's like, like it's kind of heavy when I, when I, when I th even think about bringing it up, but it is nonetheless coming up. I have a worry that whether culturally or societally, there is somehow a forgetting that sacred is an adjective and not a noun. Um, and so the second that we start pointing at like, oh, the sacred is here or like God is here now we've done exactly that othering move. Huh. And I was thinking about this, like, oh, you know, is that maybe why, like when I was a kid and I was growing up, that whenever something that was um, occurring, like whether in like a religious context or something like that, that there was some spiritual thing that was occurring, 
it was generally uh, something that we don't talk about, like don't name it mm. was sort of the injunction. Like don't, like don't name it, just let it be there, let it be there. Um, and in, I think in that way, there is a preservation of the movement of the sacred through something uh, rather than you point to it and then it's like, oh, oh now I'm outside of it. Mm. Yeah. So that's more what I meant. The, like there is, oh my God, there is, I just had this uh, realization. Ah, what you are po- pointing at from my point of view is that, okay, the sacred and the God is here, it's kind of everywhere. Like the divine can be the relation between you and the thing. And it, it, to me, it points towards like existence itself. Mm-hmm. And what I feel by, <laughs> by what we've done, as humans, like othering the sacred and God somewhere <clears throat> abstract and, and not reachable. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, we did this to ourselves as well. Like we ourselves othered ourselves from ourselves. What do you mean? What do I mean by that? Like, yeah. What do you mean by that? Yeah. It's if the existence itself is sacred, I am sacred too, in a way. And I, I'm part of the existence. Right. So we kind of othered the, our sacredness and put it out there as well. We did disconnect it in the same way. So it feels like we are losing ourselves a little bit mm-hmm. and feel like going to this more mechanical, like mechanical being, oh, I'm just, we go into the heart reduc- reductionistic kind of point mm-hmm. of view. It feels like it's connected. I, I think you're bit. right. I think you're right. So do you have, did you have more? I didn't want to cut you off. No, no, no. Yeah, that's yeah. It, that's it. no because I, I think that you're pointing at something really uh, uh, vital, which is that, like, what is what is existence itself? Um, and I think that this is this is where I want to walk very, very carefully. It's, you're, you're right. There is a degree of, of abstract complexity. Wow, okay. Let's take this slow. What I'm understanding from what you're saying is that, like, when we do this othering move, we are othering ourselves from whatever it is that the self is, right? So there's a, there's a putting, like, like I'm, I, like I'm moving my hands in front of my, my body. Like this, this thing is over there and I'm over here, right? Um, I think we have to be very clear though about what, what we mean by existence. So at least I consider existence to be rather material, hence the existence of a, of a car, right? But when I'm talking about the sacred, I mean something that's um, more, uh, more in line with like the realness. So if I'm going to other some part of myself, right? out this way, say I'm like, I'm observing my body in a meditation. Right? I close my eyes, I sit down, I shut up. I'm just paying attention to what's happening in my body. My body is existing. And there are things that are moving in that, and I can monitor those. Then there is this like observational capacity somewhere, which doesn't exist, but is real. Like at least that's how I'm formulating it. I, I don't mean this as like a panacea definition, but there is a part of this, like the observation itself that's occurring 
or the the being that is doing the observing, what uh my my friend and colleague Greg Enriquez will call the subjective knower, right? That thing doesn't exist, but it is real. The where I'm feeling the possibility of the divine occurring is in the act of observation, the act of paying attention, the act of like observing what's happening inside the body. Like that's where the divine for me is found and and mm-hmm. um experience, I think. Not found. Found implies the thing. Like it's experienced in that sense. Um yeah, does that does that make sense? So in, in that sense it's really only like one existence. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it makes sense. Yeah. For me it's beautiful that you defined a little bit what it means because this is really important. Because for me it means something a little bit different. That's why mm-hmm. I speak the way I speak. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's interesting. For me, it's like it can go a little bit to like different layers even. But okay, like this is beautiful because we can speak in this context now and yes. we now know what real means and what existence means. So existence is really like f- the physical thing and, and what I feel from this is like, okay, the real is like, okay, like the the thing you pointed at, like this mm-hmm. three of us, like even this conversation is like, oh, there's like, I wouldn't say these things if I wasn't here with you guys. Yeah. And there's like coming up and we share kind of reality, right? Yes, you get so shared there, reality, yes. And there's like something real, but it doesn't really exist. But people can like people can feel this, right? People know, oh, like we are connecting over something and we have some shared pers- mm-hmm. perspectives, maybe, or something like that. So I think that's really interesting to point at it and 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 kind of bath. In yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the question is, do they, right? Like, do do people actually see ah. that that exists? Do people see that there is a shared reality? Because we know contextually, and this is why I'm like, there is a part of me that's leaning away from the sacred conversation now, mm-hmm. simply because, well, there is, I hinted at it earlier, this cultural sort of like thing of like, oh, like, let's not name it. And let's, and by that token, I feel like I'm hitting the threshold where yes. like, any more about the sacred and it becomes other mm-hmm. I'm trying to walk that line um, but I also want to kind of like um, be able to offer grounding in it of like well what was this shared experience that we went through um, and grounding it in some kind of science right like like well specifically for Coxi um, is useful like for cognitive science is useful as a vocabulary that I think we share um, just from John's work right so there is something in being able to let that let the sacred thing do its work. Mm-hmm. Like we can acknowledge that that's part of what happened as a form of shared reality. But then how do we key into something a bit more grounded and more quote unquote mundane such that it offers a point of access for somebody who's watching, whoever is watching and listening to be able to um, key into that. Yeah. Right. And then it's not God talk for an hour and a half which can yeah. be alienating. And this is one of the dangers that we were spoken exactly, about. Exactly. Exactly. Earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. Thank you for framing that. I could put it into the like material, material reality, like in material, like in what, what came up to, to my mind is <clears throat> it's kind of represented also in our relationship basically to universe. Just, mm. just like talking about material things, uh, like in our minds, we tend to like other ourselves, like separate ourselves from the, uh, surrounding environment, surrounding mm-hmm. universe. So you're pointing at me, like I'm me, myself, I, a Christoph here, mm-hmm. I've got my boundaries and you're something like 
other, something different, you have something different, there is some space uh, between us. So we are basically like separating ourselves uh, from the environment around, but uh, if you make the make the move that you are trying to integrate your existence uh, like in the universe itself, because you are just part of the universe, without you the universe doesn't ha- would, wouldn't be, wouldn't have the same meaning it has, mm-hmm. because you are just like, you have, you have, you are a matter in space time, you know, and without you, the universe would look different. Mm-hmm. So your existence is like, basically, uh, is spreading, not just into your environment, into this conversation as we, we say, as we are having, but at the same time, it's spreading like to the universe itself. And like, mm, if you, if you try to lose for a moment the boundaries maybe like you you said it uh okay let's not name it mm-hmm. let's not name it if you if you try to position yourself into a perspective that you are actually like kind of like moving space like the space filling yourself with with all the sensations and all, all the things you are losing your boundaries you are, you are become, becoming the space itself and mm-hmm. and for me like this is kind of like uh this uh sacredness this uh, this this is spirit, like a spiritual maybe that that you can you can expand your boundaries yes yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, can you can you reframe uh slightly that second portion about like this movement of things like entering through you can you just reframe that in a different way i i want to be able to catch that a little bit better uh can you point at it like more specifically yeah the thing that you said was that's sacredness where yeah. like things are entering through the boundaries, the the boundaries become permeable is what I understood yeah. that as. But can yeah. you reframe that in a different way? Yeah, it's basically like uh, you are, instead of separating, you are unifying. Right. You are you are uh, reframing the, basically like the arena you're living in. You know? mm-hmm. So uh, suddenly I'm not just acting from myself for myself. I can also like identify with like broader space and I and I can act as the space through the space. Like as, as we were yes. t- talking about uh, at the retreat, like I'm moving, I Christoph am moving, but I'm also uh, moved by being yeah, moved. Being I'm moved, also yeah. being moved. Okay. So this is, this is fantastic. I love this, right? For, for multi reasons. Cause I hear in what you're saying that like there is a ability to expand the boundaries, right? Of like what, one can experience. And I think I did this in the context framing for the tier one. It's like, how does TMS is basically like trying to um, learn how to experiment with your experience. And that feels like to me, kind of like what you guys are doing also with like biohacking and like nootropics and like, how do you experiment with your, with your experience, but through the, the, the in like the very inside of the body. Right. Um, and in what you were saying here about expanding those boundaries, so uh, in order to like unify, right, that those are contingent on each other because there's nothing to unify if there are no boundaries between different things. Right? Yeah. So there is what I'm hearing in you, what you're saying, this movement between like this entity as what it is, right? There is some skill that expands those boundaries right, or makes them more permeable such that there can be some unification. But then within that unification, these are 
like or as a result of that re- of that unification, there is also another boundary that's created, and so it's almost a fractal thing, and that keeps going. I have questions about like whether or not, um, or like how how I might how I might learn the boundaries and play full out within them. How can how can I know what my boundaries are? The clarity of the form, as it were. Because without that, then I think we fall into, we run the risk of falling into like the downside of that issue, which is everything is like, everything is sacred. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. everything is God. And it's like, that's, it's not wrong, but it's the how, like for me, you know, and this is like, I'm, I'm really contracted around this because it's not so easy. Um, it's not, it's not so simple as like, oh, I feel at one with you. I might, you guys might not. And I can simply take that away and just go like, oh no, I just feel at one of the universe. But where is the, what is the process of actually like negotiating difference, negotiating boundaries such that genuine connection, which we can maybe say is sacred or say is an experience or or delivers an experience of sacredness. How do we do that? I feel like we've still gone, we're still in the sacred conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And like that, that thing is coming up for me again. I'm going to name it. Yeah. I would just like add one last thing to that. Uh And because for me, it's like handling different perspectives at the same time that you can, because it, it may be not, not so useful, like to be all the time in like the sacred, sacred place that everything's sacred for you, but mm. you can, you can know about the like sacred, sacred perspective you can take, for example, this conversation, like something like intersubjectivity or, or, okay, I'm, I'm actually part of the universe, but I'm also Christoph that mm. I have like my boundaries and maybe it's, it's not so useful if I consider myself one if, with other, everything and I cut my hand, like it, <laughs> yeah, it hurts, yeah. right? <laughs> you just move through yeah. like, there's a car and you just you know, smash yeah, my it, car. It, and it doesn't matter. Like it matters a lot. It matters yeah. a lot. So like handling these multiple perspectives of multiple, multiple selves that, that I can identify myself with. So there's this like real physical, like my body and, mm. and my like, uh, uh, your perspective yeah my perspective my specific like narrow uh, perception of the world and then sometimes maybe like sometimes few times a week few times a month few times a day I can get to this perspective oh I'm actually like part of the like bigger system and the bigger system can be my network of friends like the network we are building right here mm-hmm. uh, or like the network of my city my culture like mm-hmm. I'm actually like the self in a culture that is different like for example, from, from your culture, you know, and we are, we are, we are in different forms in that. And then I can also have the perspective like about the earth that I live on the earth and biosphere. I, I care about the biosphere and yeah. also about the universe. There's like, uh, uh, explanatory, explanatory, uh, like explosion, you know, yeah. that I can't, I can't think about them at the same time, like about all of them at the same time, but I know about them. And in the right time, I just, I just, uh, realized like what perspective is, is the most relevant for me right now. And I can like go through them, like in different parts of my, of my life. So I think that's, that's, that's very useful. So 
uh, it's not about being everything like sacred all the time, mm-hmm. but knowing that when you enter the like sacred space, for example, when some conversation means meaningful to you, uh, know about that, that it exists actually. And somewhere there you can find it again. Yeah, the way you say that like strikes me as just this like explosion of like hope. Like there's so <laughs> much like, you know, um, very invigorating actually. I feel I feel invigorated having heard that. Um, and I feel like it matters to you. <laughs> why does it why does it matter to you if that fits at all? Like if it fits uh why does the why does the um what you were pointing at, which is like the recognition that sacredness is possible to experience is how I'm understanding. Like mm-hmm. sacredness is possible within your experience. Why is that important to you? Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know if it's important. It's just like um, part of possibilities in reality. Right. And just like mode of being, I think. And like, okay, for someone else, it it might not be so, so important. But for me as a person that I like to, uh, uh, I like to like observe reality and just like experience what the different kinds of reality there is because I pursue mm-hmm. some some kind of like truth in when I know I can't like I can't experience the truth absolute truth itself. But what like what's in this reality container basically? What what's the possibilities there? And because when I know about this possibility. Yeah. For example, possibility, me moving, like running to the bus or possibility, ah, I can enter this sacred space. I can, I can experience that and use it like for me in some part of my life. It it may be useful and may be very, very relevant because if I, I never have this experience, for example, of like spirituality, I may experience some, I would say, empty place inside me mm. because the spiritual realm is also part of the reality mm. and I, and I may have not experienced that yet. And when I experience it, it's like, Oh, I can get there some, somehow. And it's like making me more like unified, like as a, right. as a Christoph, not as a whole in the universe, but, but me as a Christoph, like uh Christoph that's participating in society and friendship and these kind of things it it may be the, the puzzle that I need to right. be interacting in a more real sense with the world. Like there's a piece of the puzzle that was missing that is actually like yes. there and then you're in like, you're the the sense of reality that you're in becomes clearer or becomes yes. more full. Yes. Ah. Like, uh, huh. Yes. There's so, there's some shift that happened. I saw you write something down. Like. Yeah, yeah, no, it's... um. <laughs> There's a lot of there's a lot of things uh, uh, coming through, but like I want to point to. So we are in this like naming it and theoretical kind of things thing, but like I just remember the 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 way we've met for the first time, like face to face, and you said something like, "It's not about what it is, but actually how does that show up." in your daily experience. Mm. It comes all, all these things like for us, the theoretical frame is like super important because we can go through the science and through all these things. Actually, I think we are somehow able to integrate some of these things and it triggers the feeling. Mm. But actually what I'm taking from the whole weekend and what I'm taking from my life for past two years is like, 
okay, that's been that's enough. I, I don't need that. Like I've integrated some of the things, but I don't need that. I I I'm looking forward to forward to how did it show up today? Mm. Was there some moment where I felt oh the moment of rightness? That that's the term that you you coined for me. Mm. I don't know where it came from. TMN. <laughs> <laughs> but that's like one of the biggest takeaways I've gotten throughout uh, your whole experience with you. Like, how does it show up and when it, when does it show up? Yeah. Whatever it is, we don't have to name it. Like, it's just, what the fuck do you feel? I feel this. And it's like, and, and you can name it the moment of rightness. Like, it doesn't have to be anything else. This feels nice. This feels like this is supposed to happen somehow. Mm. It doesn't mean if it's supposed to happen. It means you have the experience of it supposed it's that it's supposed to happen, and that for me is like ah, I can f I can just move move through life, and I'm getting out a little bit inside the experiential realm, mm. and that's what I'm and out of the um, over. Over and not overanalyzing the the theoretical, analytical, intellectual part, which I fucking love. Mm -hmm. Why, like, in, I'm integrating more and more the other part that, like, uh, for me, it's like fo following through, and I'm really realizing, like, for someone else, it might be totally different, and they need like the other way around. They have so much of the of the feelings, and they get like overwhelmed, but they don't have the anchor. So it feels like I have the anchor now and I can move free, freely through the universe and be like, oh, this feels, and I don't need to, I don't need to like ask, oh, was this sacred? Was this God? Was this something? Yeah. 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 And Tiamat actually like really, really brought that on the surface and being with you actually brought that on the surface. Yeah, thank you for. I, I just am am still like holding this deep irony, of that was in implicit in what you said. Well, actually, you know, you made it ex explicit to a certain degree. Um, that there was, okay, I I preface this by saying that I've like known you guys for five days and been with you really for five days, and as you were speaking at that point in time, like I was recalling a my experience of you has been like quite like super excited and like, mm. like high energy and like, mm. wow, wow. And there was something different about the way that you had just articulated that, which has a kind of, it landed with me as a kind of groundedness. Like there was some searching and I, I felt that you were exemplifying exactly that thing of having an anchor and yet being able to feel in a weird way, it landed with me as being like more free, more free to question, more free to like explore. Yes. And I wonder, well, I'm with the deep irony that with an anchor comes more freedom. Yes. Without this question of like, yeah, where is this? What, what, where is the sake? What is this? Why? Like, exactly. What and why? And the, the referent that you were pointing at was, uh, this thing that is uh, also on my dating profile along with God is real, but doesn't exist, uh, which is like under, <laughs> under the pronoun column. Um, like I, people ask like what I identify with and I said, identify as an existence <laughs> and my pronouns are what and why. Wow. 
<laughs> and I think like, no, so off of that, um, we were speaking in the car on the first day that maybe it's not about what or why, right? Um, well, what or why seems to fit being in existence, but it's like, in terms of the sacred, it's like how and when. Is that what you're pointing at? Exactly. Like, like how does, how is it showing up? How and when is it showing up? Yeah. Mm. Because these questions, it feels like these questions are actually pointing, <clears throat> pointing towards, like they go to the experience. Mm-hmm. They, that's literally those questions are, oh, I don't need you to me to explain like what, a, what is it? And, and again, if you go back to like John's world, right? It goes from the propositional below and deeper to the other kinds of knowings, yes. right? How, oh, I need to recall or I need to feel how it felt. Mm. What was the experience and when was it? Mm. And I can sort of, it feels like there is a new map, new, new, new territory that, <laughs> yeah, funny. You're doing well. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> There's this new territory that you go through. Uh, it's ex- experiential, and you somehow are not like are not getting lost that much anymore because of the anchor, mm. and so you are free to explore. It's like a th- you have psychotherapy. Like for me, it's similar to psychotherapy. So imagine you are climbing. Uh, uh, you are climbing. Um, climbing. The bold boulder or whatever yeah. rock or something, and so you always need at least three points to be stable, kinda. Yeah. So you have one hand and two feet, for example, and the fourth piece mm-hmm. of your limb, limb, <laughs> your the right fourth limb, yeah, yeah, the fourth Sorry, limb yeah. <laughs> is actually able to explore. It's like oh ah, and it can feel the rock, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and. Oh, this feels like this and this feels like that, but you're not getting lost because you know where you are. Yeah. On the rock. Yes. And then you can make another step actually, because this feels like that. This feels like that. Ah, I can hold on to this for a little bit, but I know it's friendly for a little bit. I know it was at that place at that time. It was how and when. Mm-hmm. But then also, I love this, this metaphor that you brought up is fantastic because once that free hand finds something to hold on to, one of the other three has got to give up. Right. Whatever that is in order to change the position. And now you have a different combination of three points. And there is something in that that speaks to one, like the, the principle of letting go of something, you know, that was once previously safe, but then now the context has changed or the situation has changed. And it's the constant changing that keeps, well, in this case, keeps you moving up the rock. Mm. But in that process of changing, it's like, yeah, this releasing, this letting go, this like moment of safety, a moment of danger as you're exploring something. And um, this was coming up for me just as you were, as you were explicating that point. Uh, I was talking to... Um, uh, Valerie, who is the Tenzo at Life itself, which is where I had just come from, where we were holding the respond retreat in Bergerac. And um, uh, she's, you know, spent 15 years as like a Japanese Tenzo and she's you know, deep into Buddhism um, and a follower of Dogen. And we were talking about the concept of emptiness. And like, what is emptiness? And we had gotten into this uh, this dialogue around 
something about the translation being wrong. Like it's not really emptiness. Like emptiness feels like static. Whereas actually what it's more pointed to, which was closer in the French is um, uh, vacuity. Mm. Yeah. Like vacuity in a sense, like there is, there is a movement of something, right? So you think of like the word vacuum, it's like it's, it's, it's moving something, it's moving the air or it's like moving through space. That emptiness is actually the, the sensation of being open and uh, vacuous enough that life sort of moves through you, being moves through rather than I'm trying to attain a state of emptiness. Mm -hmm. And I, I think her, I, I hope I didn't get her point wrong. But like she was saying that, if, you know, if you are empty, then the pursuit of emptiness is only reinforcing how full you are. <laughs> the mm -hmm. emptiness is not actually possible. Whereas your vac like vacuity is a different thing. So I, that just came up for me as you were, as you were speaking, yeah. there's a, there's an openness and an exploration there. Does that, did I capture it at some point? Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Like, um, the, the vacuumness, uh, for me, it's, um, uh, five, like five days ago, I wrote to my dad, like journal or something like I am an empty vessel that is being filled by the world. Mm. Like that, that's all it feels like in the in sense of like consciousness as the thing that is that ha doesn't have qualities mm. but is being filled with everything that my subjective experiences mm. and and the interesting thing is like okay what are the things that are going to actually expand the the spectrum of the experiences that are being able to be filled in that container and I feel like that's what the Tiamat container allows you to do. Mm. It, it's very experiential and it's broadening the spectrum of experience. And for me, that's like, oh, whatever this does, like whatever does broaden the spectrum, wow, I'm going to be like fuller of the world and fuller of life. And oh, there was actually an empty vessel that is being filled by the world, me and the world or something like that. You're going, you could be fuller of you, like the things, yeah. Don't know how to describe that yet. Isn't very clear for me right now, mm -hmm. but yeah. So <laughs> I, that's what I've been looking for. Like, <laughs> it's like you brought something like I was looking for for a long time, actually. Christoph just wrote an essay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I just want to name like, the thing that's happening around the table, like the thing that's in the conversation at the moment, it's like we're circling around something. It's starting to happen. I want to like sit for a while in this silence. And without, I suppose this is an invitation. Without pen, without paper, without the planned question. What is the truest thing that can be said about this moment right now? I'm actually feeling like the void. Like it kind of, it, it, for me, it describes what's happening for me in this, in this particular moment. 
that I'm participant in a wide through of things just moving and falling. Yeah, I feel like I'm pressing up against the edge of this void. Whatever it is. Like I'm not really in a flow of anything. I'm trying to catch it, trying to like be in it. And now I'm tired of doing that. Like wanting to be a bit more still. I, I got closed in the, in the loop, kind of. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the question for me, like now stepping out of it, like I can't answer the question, but because I, I was, there was it, like that was the answer for me. I was like inside of something that I couldn't name. Mm. And, and that was the loop. It was really similar to this psychedelic loop. You feel something that needs to be kind of said, but then the saying of the thing is like itself. I don't know if anyone has ever experienced it. It's like my experience. I don't know if that's common in psychedelics, <laughs> but you feel like there's something like, oh, you, you want to say it so much. You want to like describe it, but actually you don't need to. Mm. I felt that and I was in this loop and went from like thinking the feeling and that, that was it basically. And now I'm out of it reflecting that for the practicality of our conversation. <laughs> yeah, there's a practicality of the conversation and that we are being watched, we are being recorded. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like grossly aware of that. Yes. But actually yeah. you allowed for... Um, such a, um, you allowed for this to happen. Like, like you, by just being you, like, yeah. it's beautiful. Thank, thank you for that. Like, like it's so, it's so much more valuable than the practicality of the conversation. <laughs> if you know what I mean. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Thank, <laughs> thank you also. And those two things can exist at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Maybe they do actually. <laughs> oh, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> I, for one, am definitely feeling the like awareness of being, of being recorded or the awareness of being seen. And like, I can see that I, like there's a part of me that's over there. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 And, but it's, is, is it going there like in cycles or is it? No, he's been there from the start. There's a part of me ah, that's okay. over there. Okay. Right. Watching this. I'm, I'm trying to include that. Like I want right. to, I want to name that that's there and include that such that it's not, um, such that the container is not leaking. You know, I don't want to pretend that that isn't there yeah. or pretend that that's not occurring because it is. Yeah. And now that we've included that, what can come? <laughs> hmm. I'm just like, uh, I would be, I'm really curious how would the, how would the uh, conversation look like before the weekend we spent together through all the practices that we basically like did one of the practices right now and uh, like the comparison to the conversation right now, <laughs> because 
<laughs> Actually, I I have like this like practical questions for you, like uh, and that which can be useful for your people. Mm. But it's actually like kind of funny how it's like <laughs> kicking me, maybe ourselves into the like real like exper- experiential part of it, which that, is actually that, that we are moving from the like theoretical theoretical realm, just like talking about stuff into the like. I actually feel we we kind of can't get out of the like experiential realm yes <laughs> really hard which is actually b- beautiful because that's ex- exemplify <laughs> yeah exemplification of the thing that we did right like the yeah. how to show yeah I, 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 it's interesting for me there's like coming up like questions of like uh, was that like planned or did it just like happen like from you like it just happened right man i can't plan this shit <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> Like, I've known you guys for five days, but like I'm enjoying this. Like I'm, like there is something is releasing in me of just like seeing those questions there and having them not be addressed. Yeah, yeah, yeah or the yeah. possibility of them not being addressed. Like I feel more with you guys right now. Yeah, me too. Yeah, like and it's yeah. beautiful. It's I'm having great experience. And actually, I didn't have like any questions except the first one like prepared. <laughs> but I, I think like. Yeah, uh, It's breaking Christoph's brain right now, <laughs> juggling the experiential and the like theoretical one, and like because our brain is like sometimes like really pushing to the theoretical one, and I know Christoph's like more like that sometimes. It's interesting. I and come back, 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 come back. Yeah, I'm just like moving into the like listeners, yeah, listeners realm. You know how they're perceiving this conversation, and just I just forgot about him. Like for, for <laughs> it's like wow, and it it, it made it, it made me anxious, like because I want to address these practical things that they can like be inspired by or something. But it actually, this is kind of like bizarre. Like I think this is kind of bizarre thing to watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like this this whole process right now, but it can be like it can be like useful for yeah. for some of the people. Like What? I think it will be like useful for some of the people. I have I have a question. It's really like I'm really interested. In i know being here and knowing you that you you get anxious by this i, I got it anxious yeah but i'm yeah. curious why uh because because i'm very like in i have the setting in conversations mm. in interviews basically and i really wanna uh, i'm like the when you are aiming mm-hmm. for the mm, target for a target i'm aiming for the target and and trying to pick up the, get the best ones yeah, get, get the best signals best things yeah. best signal from you and i i designed the questions for the signal mm-hmm. and suddenly like i'm i'm just i'm just i don't know kick to the ass like turned around and you just like you have to jam and experience yes. stuff what the yes. hell i'm just like running like around the forest right now basically like not, not aiming at, at anything <laughs> it just really just Yes, this is like as I said, like I feel like the void. Yeah. I feel like in this experiential realm and and I feel like I'm I'm being moved by the conversation, by the situation. I'm not I'm not moving. And I'm my default is like mm. I am moving the things. I'm moving the conversation. I'm picking the things like from you into the brains of mine and other people. Right. And now I'm I'm just in this how to say it uh powerless state of being moved mm. and i can't do a shit about it <laughs> well I, i i'm not sure i would agree on that i would push back on that 
I say that you have something that you can do, which is to decide to be to yeah. decide to move. Yeah. So yeah. I'm curious, what would you do if you'd made the what would happen if you made the decision to move instead of be moved? Yeah, it's really, it's it's interesting. Like I would if I would if I would have to move, I would probably like maybe ref, like frame this thing into some kind of like talk about perspectives because I, I had this like question on you like how is it because we experienced uh, like in Tiamat how you work with with changing perspectives and what it can bring uh, to people for example like uh, oh. yeah there are many examples like maybe you could you can pick up the one it, that's more, more most salient to oh you're so between moving and being moved right now yeah yeah <laughs> <clears throat> you want to add something to that? I had something really like on my life in me. Okay, yeah, yeah, a lot, yeah. a lot, a lot. Like, <laughs> fuck, this is inside. Like, this is interesting. Like, <laughs> I feel so. So I actually feel Tiamat is really about practice, and I remember something. I remember like uh, two things are coming up for me. Your conversation with John, and showing the things, and explaining, and actually showing them, and like. Okay, wow, this is like really interesting. Okay, we can talk about it. I think we did it pretty well in the first conversation. Mm. But then there's a second thing coming up for me, and it's a talk on rebel wisdom between Jamie Wheel, Mar- 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 Schmachtenberger, and Jordan Hall. Mm. And they were in this thing talking of talking like it was literally this. And it was like that moved me the most. Mm-hmm. That was the most transformational thing like I've seen in a long time, like three years ago, I think. It's like, oh, you don't need to think of like, what do people get from this? How do they perceive this? Mm. You can have the aspect of the viewer because it, they, are, they are here and listener, they are here with us. But actually, like there can be so many layers and you are showing some of the layers and that is going to be something that someone like sees and maybe is going to experience some of that. And it's, ah, there is like something, like something is going on. Mm-mm-mm. And I, maybe I feel something, maybe I have some thoughts about it, but that might be it. Like that might be the thing that is, as you pointed towards, like before we got into this <laughs> reflecting what's happening here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, that's like, whew, that's, uh, I think that's uh, really powerful. And you know, you know what, like my intention, my intention of like doing stuff is like, I want to create things that I want, want to consume mm-hmm. and the things like, how do you think in, in Tiamat? It wouldn't be that actually, I think. It what? Say it, like it wouldn't be that. Like it would be part of it, but more, more, this is it. Like. I'm looking forward to seeing this conversation and and feeling and being like part of it again as a as a listener as a viewer and 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 it it brought it is bringing me joy yeah it's bringing me joy right now I, I think it would be really interesting because we are actually like I feel you are, we are doing the practice alive and we are naming some of the things but it's it would be really interesting for the listener like to name the concepts that that you explained to us like previously, like the concepts of like moving, for example, mm. I feel now moving. Mm, mm. I feel I'm moving right now. 
And previously I was being moved a lot. Yes. And now I'm actually feeling like, oh, this is the part where the description and the definition of moving and being moved, there is this place now for it. Mm. And you brought it up and you created the space, we created the space. And I, now I feel like, oh, yeah, there's, there was a cycle and we can do another cycle of something else that is going to mm. name something. Yes. So, yeah, I feel like, yeah, we can get, we can go into like some of the things that we mentioned yeah. and then might not be very clear and just, yeah, parse it out, parse that out a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, the, the, oh, this is, okay, this is, okay, great. This is super <laughs> exciting for me now. Because I love that, Christoph, you just framed it as like, we are in practice actually. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and what I hear you saying, Wojta, is that actually by watching us in practice, there is some value to be gleaned from actually from the, from the listener's point of view. Yeah. That, like, yeah. Also, I feel like we are doing the thing. Yes. We have like this container and that's the part of it. And that's how the, that's the exemplification of the things. And it's actually the best way to, to do that. Good. Because now I want to play. Like now I want yeah. to participate. Like yes. I feel more like. Yeah, there is a part of me that feels more like, ah, oh, okay, now I actually can air what it is that I, like why it is that I'm here. Yeah. Um, and I suppose the most direct way is that like, I'm not interested really in what practical things the listener can get. Like that's not on my agenda. Um, my sort of intention still here is just, I want just want to be with my friends mm. and talk. Mm. And to that extent, I suppose to, to help use the postures of presence, I'm going to take a stance, I'm going to take a posture of being moved from outside holding space. No, no. Being moved from outside giving space. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hi, that's my posture. Mm -hmm. I now realize that previously I had this urge of holding space. Mm. And what does it mean is that I had this perspective of this conversation. I was enjoying it. I was being moved by it, but also I had the perspective of the camera and the recording. And I was trying to like really like hold, hold some practicality of it. I was kind of, yeah, I felt, I felt it. Yeah. yeah. I was in a holding space mode and right now, as you said, you you wanna give space. I also like wanna give space, and I I feel I'm I'm sort of like it's not either that or that. Mm. I'm moving from holding space, like this need of being in in control, maybe, mm -hmm. to giving space when I'm open. What whatever comes up, and I'm really like relaxing into it, and. And actually, I'm, I, I, I'm like stopping caring about <laughs> yeah. what the result's gonna be. <laughs> I'm glad that's happening too. <laughs> it's interesting as you, as you guys, as you moved there, like I was so much in, in being like, I dove in waters, like not knowing it, like what the fuck I was really like giving, giving space and I was being moved a lot. Mm. And now I'm more, I think I'm, I'm more, actually I'm now more holding space, I think a little bit, like feel like I'm more want to structure the mm. thing and more like want to do something, Yeah, but it feels nice. It feels like uh, that's 
part of it. It feels like I'm choosing choosing that. You can choose a posture, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's really cool. Um <laughs> this is like interesting thing because I feel uh that we we just created a playing ground. And I'm not just like uh underline that because and maybe maybe like explain that because yeah. like the shift from the conversation having some like form and having some like I don't know linearity that is leading somewhere and there are some clear points, the clear takeaways. And this shift from from this to to the like playground, to mm -hmm. to the place that we are actually able to like maybe learn new things, express new things, like follow and thread like that. Explore yeah. the space we are creating together. It's it's very different state of being for me than it was in the previous conversation. Mm, mm, mm. And maybe I'm I'm just like thinking if you like what thoughts you have like on playground, what this concept like means to you and what it means to you wow. right now and in your everyday life. Yeah, I think like Well, no one's ever asked me that before. Like um the playground is a place like which is, you can always come back to. As I've said during the retreat, right? Like everything comes back to the playground. Whatever skills you gain, whatever exercises we do, it all comes back to the playground. The playground is kind of like your baseline. And um, at least insofar as the retreat is concerned, like the playground doesn't have a context. It's a completely contextless arena. No one really says like, you know, this is what we're doing. Um... And because of that, it's dependent so much on like how people are with each other. And it and in doing that, it trains the person to like pick up on what's actually happening, right? While juggling their own inner shit. You know, like even taking a posture of presence. Like you take a posture of presence, you bring it to the playground. You learn a perspective um, on the quadrants, you bring it into the playground. Right. Um you can you can take the uh the you talk uh, tripod type model of mine, which is, these are the three meta maps that we've done and bring them to the playground and do animal forms, bring it on right? and see how like, oh, those things are going to change whatever occurs inside that container, which is why it's fantastic to be able to do it with like people who have trained for like even many years and completely new people. <laughs> then it's like, wow, it's a clash. And for me, there's something romantic about that where it's, you know, if uh have you ever seen kids like play on a playground? And this was you know, a, a big part of my, my childhood all the way till I was like 11. Was that, you know, kids will invent games or like someone was going to invent the game and they'll play the game for a little while. And then we're like, oh, you know what would make this game better? <laughs> like, oh, that rule doesn't really work. We should do this, mm -hmm. right? And whatever game is created, tends to be in relation to whatever environment they're in. So it's like, oh, here's the slide. Let's try climbing up the slide. It's never, it's, it's very rarely not tied to the environment. Mm. <laughs> it cannot not be. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's tree, there's grass, there's like whatever, <laughs> like, or like empty room, right? Whatever. Yeah. And so it, it's that thing of like, how are we, how are we um, training ourselves to be able to 
be in concert with or be in relationship to an environment and also allow that to be in relationship with each other. And I think we all saw in that last day's playground where like, you know, the game started emerging quite like rapidly and how fast they yeah. change, man. Yeah. yeah. yeah I want to point to that. Yes. Like, come. This is really interesting to me. And um, now we're pointing at things that I find super important. I'm taking away again. Like is, oh, you start doing something in the playground. And you facilitate so well, like starting the animal forms, like doing some sort of movements and kind of tracking your mind, tracking your body and everything. And just like, you don't need to use your mind, actually. Like you use some metacognition, obviously, all the time. But like you just, ah, there's like something I want to grab. Oh, I'm going to grab it. There's like, ah, there is a tree. I want to climb it. Mm -hmm. And suddenly there's like not those, because being in society has its benefits, but it has its costs. Mm -hmm. And this allows you to actually like, be and do whatever your organism wants to do. And this feels like very, very regulating. Like for me, it's like the, this body, like this, this, this physiological and mind perspective, like the right. mind and the physiology is like synchronizing at that, at that moment and regulating each other. Why? Mm -hmm. Well, because there's something coming up. I'm going to do that. Like I'm immediately synchronizing like something coming up, oh, I'm synchronizing. Something, something coming up, synchronizing. And then suddenly you're totally fucking lost in the playground doing something like you are doing things that you have never thought of doing before. You are doing things that you didn't think of before. Could possibly never have occurred via thought. Yes. Yes. I would be fucking sitting here and thinking, oh, what I what am I gonna do? Like, oh, I'm gonna what I'm gonna have for smash lunch. a chair with a stick. Yeah, yeah. Am I going to like go into like a barrel of water and like like smash yeah, smash fucking tomato and a beer with a stick and having like a, such a joy doing that? Am I gonna like climb this tree? I found places in places in that playground that I've I've never thought they were there. Like it was literally a garden. This was like specifically a garden with trees. And like, I almost ate fucking, what is it? How is it called? Uh, warm. Warm. Yeah. Because I like, people were giving me like pieces of, um, trava, uh, grass. I ate, <laughs> ate the grass. I ate the grass. And then suddenly there was like warm in someone's mouth. And I, I was like, mouth. yeah. Hands. Uh, hands. Hands hand. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, I, because I was about to like eat the thing from the hand. And then I saw it was a warm actually, like, and I realized, and suddenly it was this very, very quick shift of my mind and body synchronizing. I was like, I had to run away because like I, it felt I ate it. Yeah. I was, oh, I was disgusted. I was so disgusted. I just, you know, ran away and did something else. This is for me the essence, like, one of the, again, layers and essences, hearts of the thing is like, you lost your, you are, you lose yourself in the thing. And this was flow, meaningful, very meaningful flow and flow associated with meaning in life and all these things, right? Yeah, yeah. If you go into the theoretical background, but like the practical thing and the experience was, that was amazing. And to be able to create that, wow, I, I, I want to be able to create that in my life and integrate it in my daily life. Like, oh, I see, I don't know. Uh, yeah, again, there are some like constraints in the society, right? Like you can't do everything. Yeah. But you can follow through to something that you wouldn't otherwise follow through on because you're, 
you literally shut down the inner critic because it doesn't have any space to be there. That's really interesting, like about the inner critic in society, as you said, because uh, I feel like if you integrate this concept of playground, if I will integrate this concept of playground into my everyday life, like every time I repeated, if repeated it into these last two days, I felt more relaxed into it. Mm-hmm. And the first day, first time in, in playground, I actually felt, uh, oh, what other people think about me? Oh, what am I doing here? Oh, how do I look like during this practice? Uh, yeah, and 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 then I just like then i just like totally got got totally immersed in the practice and yeah there was no space for the for the inner critic and uh, i'm just thinking how to integrate this uh this kind of concept and practice into everyday life and like i also would like you to to react like mm-hmm. like to the whole thing and but i'm i'm really curious about how how you integrate the uh, the concept of playground to your everyday life I put Evie on the table. (laughs) (laughs) That's literally like, and this is in, it's in these small things. Like, I think you guys have seen me like, you know, uh, like walk downstairs and then there's the pillar, like the, that massive pillar that's in the middle of the room. I just like hugged it. Like I see that thing. I just like, ah, (laughs) like I try and do this, like exactly this movement that you're talking about. This like a tuning thing. Um, it's almost like a rapid attunement to stuff, even just to keep that, that, um, that playfulness like awake, uh, is usually marked by me meowing in some way, which I think everybody has heard. Yeah. (laughs) Notice that. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, please. Hmm? Meowing. He meowing. Yeah. Meow. You must Ah, walk walk through the room. It's like, (laughs) and it's just, I'm usually just like hunting while I'm looking for something and like something will catch me. And, and, you know, even, just when we're in the garden, just like I'll I'll see something uh, and go, ooh, that's, oh, butterfly. Or like, you know, some bird. just practicing times, like on moments, little snap moments where I can just like release, like release the the facilitator needs to hold the container. Um, release being whatever me is. Mm. And sometimes that means like dropping into something that's, I didn't even know was there. And like, okay, okay. Oh, I want to hug for some reason. I'll just hug somebody. And it's just like that. Now, it's, and this is where sort of this, the enculturation piece comes along and like what exists in society. I'm not suggesting that you like walk down the street and just like hug random strangers uh, unless that's something you want to do. <laughs> um, you can try it out and then you can attune that way. Um, but like the playground is not, it's not a license to be an asshole. Yeah. Right. And that's why it's so important to keep the, that metacognition active.
one cow person do I want to be? Tick, 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 and it's that. Yeah. yeah. To my mind, it's coming, uh, like the idea of serious play actually, because like the playground, like pretty, pretty important realization is, uh, you're not there alone if you are not there alone. You know, but if you're not there alone, it's it means that there is other people, mm-hmm. and they all have their inner experiences and their inner feelings and empathy. And suddenly, like you are not just this, uh, basically like narcissistic, uh, psychopathic, like being. It's just doing its own thing. <laughs> if you like, are not whatever pulls you, you know. <laughs> if you are not, <laughs> but you need to consider the play in the realm of other people. Yeah, and. It's it's suddenly you are moving towards the pair you want to smash it, but you're also being moved because you can you can watch someone's eyes mm. and see how their reaction is or how they are feeling about it, and and then you can decide if you are moving and smash the pair and you hurt someone, or if you are being moved and and just like I don't know, okay, I decide to do something different, or mm. or I can like I comfort this 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 human being in front of me, and that's ah. Like the concepts are coming together. So like yes, <laughs> I love what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, because then you're what you're pointing at is like using, like taking a perspective on your own perspective, right? There's the perspective that wants to smash the pair, and there's another perspective that's looking at that and going like, "Wow, what would that do? And how would I negotiate that? How would I negotiate the consequences of that fallout, for example, right? And I mean, then of course they can you can bring into this the idea of like, well, what is What is socially justifiable in this culture that's being created? And it's bizarre actually what I what I saw yesterday because I really at one point like stepped back and and I saw all of y'all kind of just like some of y'all were playing, some like some of the girls were just like uh uh I, I think there were some moments of like Picking flowers or whatsoever, and giving each other flowers and taking care of each other. Yes, I remember that. I remember seeing a that. lot of that. It was beautiful, bloody beautiful, actually. And I was like, "Oh, there is a culture that's occurring here." So it was almost like there is the macro culture of of uh, of uh, Chechia, right? And then there is the micro culture of whatever was happening in the playground, and there was some negotiation that was occurring around what's acceptable within this culture and what's not, and. The fact that a microculture could evolve within the playground in something like 20 minutes, and it was 20 minutes actually, is for me playing into this question of like uh what is culture? And I'm I'm toying with this proposal that, you know, the like culture is not so much a series of practices that you can string together and tie to a geographical location and people. But culture is actually in the body. It's it's in the body. It's in the way that our cognitive grammar functions. Right? So when we are enculturated, we can develop a cognitive grammar that says stealing is wrong. Right? And it's a question of whether that that cultural that cognitive grammar of stealing is wrong. Is it only localized to the microculture of the family? Right? Is it only like localized to the community? Is it a societal, a societally uh, transferable cognitive grammar? Because that cognitive grammar will make certain affordances available. Oh, I see. I think I can just take that. Right. Hence, someone who had that cognitive grammar could steal my phone. 
it was socially justifiable to him privately. And I think this is like uh, uh, what the playground for me can potentially really do is have people experiment with culture building. How are we attuning to each other in such a way that a, a set of cognitive grammars, uh, uh, an embodied rule set, or like, you know, a, a, an embodied um, set of vocabulary of actions, right, can be taken in this space. And then you layer that the imaginal on top of that, you get a mythos and you get like all sorts of things. The butterfly, the, the yeah, butterfly yeah, is yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's, I want to get into imaginal as well. Yeah. But this for me is like, when I'm moving through the culture, when I'm going in daily life, that's why for me it's so ch like beneficial to challenge the culture in some way. Mm. Meaning I have this notion of, I like, I'm coming from my perspective and having an, and making an assumption on the V space, like on, oh, we are doing this thing. We are the culture that's like this, mm. but like, where's my proof actually? And, yeah. and, and so I need to make the move to actually, okay, I'm not gonna like, there are some, yeah, like the laws are probably some things that, okay, like killing anybody, like not, not a, probably not a good thing to do, but like you can walk the line pretty well. Like the cultural thing is like not to talk to people on the street. Mm -hmm. Is that like the right assumption to have? Or is it cool to ask people like, how their day is going and how yeah. are they and what are they reading and how are they feeling? Can I do that? And I, I've been, like, this is like <laughs> this phenomenal tool of like creating content for me where I don't usually do that. Like I don't usually go to people and sometimes I see someone reading and I'm like, how is this book? Like I'm really interested in reading. So I talk to them uh, or invite someone like to, to some girls or whatever, like have, give me your number or something like, or like, how are you? Like, can I have a, ask, ask you a question? Right. It's kind of hard to do. Mm. Um, but then I was recording some small interviews with people. It was a beautiful example of like my assumptions of it being kind of like, oh, people might not enjoy that. People might be annoyed by that. And me doing that, experiment, experimenting with it, being on the playground, Mm. It's like I had totally different experience. It was lovely. People were fucking super friendly when they didn't have time. They like, oh, I'm so sorry, I don't have time right now. I enjoy your day. Have a beautiful day. Yeah, smiles and everything. And be this beautiful energy between just random people. Yeah, having this guy like I walk walk up to him and like I'm asking like, what would you advise? What would your advice to be? What would your advice be to your younger self? And he's like. I would go to psychotherapy earlier or something like these beautiful, like wow. amazing answers. And I was like, Oh, I, I can do this. Like I can do this whenever. Like, so bringing a little bit of the play playground and go on the edge, which is you can feel the edge. Mm -hmm. Literally something feels very, very legal to do like talking to someone. Yeah. But actually feeling a little uncomfortability around it. Yeah. That's the kind of edge for me. Like, try that once a day. I think that's like, for me, like a takeaway mm -hmm. because I want to have, I want to have the synchrony between 
what's the assumption and what's the we space that we are in and what's my perspective only and that is that can actually change the culture like like so something is coming up alive in me and it's it's the memory of what i was doing when i was uh, in college mm. i wanted to be more extroverted maybe and i wanted to like work on my social anxieties and i integrated this practice that every day i was just like few times i was trying to high five random people at this on the street and this is really like this is uh like the smallest step you can you can do it's it's not like okay can i talk to you for a minute or can i ask you a question like it's it's it for someone it might be a big deal but you're just walking and you are like doing this gesture and like high five and like like many of the people like do the high five yeah and it's really a good feeling and someone is not doing the high five and you're experiencing the rejection and it's oh my god why am i feeling like this uh, this was just The, in the change it's the right. it's a oh, good yes, concept the, i'm yeah. using because i again i didn't know about the concept right right now i know about the concept i'm entering different realm in and i'm 
I'm relating to the world in a different way. Yeah. And it's changing how my anxieties and fears and inner critic like works in my mind. It's really huge. It, it, it's this, this like symbolic, like uh, imaginal concepts that are really useful. So does this mean that like when you're, when we go out for dinner later, that you're going to actually be exploring it as serious play? I might be. Okay. I'm solid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> solid. Yeah, because then that's practice. Yeah. You know? Um, and to trust also that like, well, this is something that the practice have brought me. It's like, I think I, I needed something like the playground. Um, to be fair, I, I, I need Tiamat as a whole. Um, because as you were, as you were speaking, I was reminded of like how much I othered society and put it like over there and gone. Like it's more of like a nihilistic hellhole, right? It's like fucking everything is wrong with society. Mm. Um, it's always either capitalism or whatever fucking nonsense um, that makes me not want to engage with it. And I was in that hole for a long time. And I really needed something like the playground. That's the, I mean, the hypocrisy was that I was training people in this while I was still in my nihilism. <laughs> and now it's gotten to a better place where it's like, oh, yeah, actually I can just, it is actually serious play. Mm-hmm. And I can go there. And when I look at why that shift even needed to occur, why I was in a nihilistic hellhole, it was almost, uh, this is kind of, yeah, there's some like, tenderness here around it like yeah and a bit annoyed at myself for not realizing this sooner it's like i was afraid that society would give me feedback that confirmed i was a bad person and actually engaging in in some kind of play with the world and taking more like more of a experimental like exploratory stance started giving I started receiving genuine feedback. And don't get me wrong, there were times where actually like, I do get feedback that, you know, you're not a good person. But I have a, I have a, uh, what is that? Like a, like a buffer space of serious play from which I can say, I can step back from it, not take it so personally and go, okay, wow, I'm a bit of an asshole. Let's experiment with that a little bit. And that's what the, the imaginal does for me, like that buffer space. So I started to experiment with it. I started to become aware of like, ah, oh, this seems to be getting better feedback or like this seems to be um, working a little more. And by no means am I suggesting like build a persona to enter the world. Like not that, you know, it, as an, as an actor trainer, it's like, it's very easy to fall into that trap of like, oh, that's what you're doing. You're asking people to put on a persona. And I'm like, no, I'm asking people to try and micro transform their state of being. And it's a very thin line that most people might not ever see, but you will know for yourself if you're putting on a persona or if you're altering your state of being. 
what is coming for me right now and what's been on my mind is like, oh, wow, that Coca-Cola looks blue because of the light. It was cool. What's coming up to my mind right now is the encounters and the authentic relating. Mm. And maybe the things that we've been through on the weekend and here and what we are doing a little bit. I want to like point to that. Could you could you say some something about the authentic relating and like how do we move in the space of like I'm hearing you something say and I'm immediately reacting like to the statements or can it be done differently <laughs> in some other way? Uh, I'm not quite sure that the framing is necessarily I'm immediately reacting to the statement. Mm-hmm. Um, there is an element of that that's going to occur insofar as one subjective experience is concerned. So like I can... And, and maybe maybe this is a better framing. Like something that I've picked up from authentic relating is how to actually be aware of what I am reacting to if a reaction is coming up. Um, how something that is being said is impacting me and then being able to articulate that and bring that into relationship with a, a, a group or somebody else. Right. So... And, and trying to be true to that, actually. Mm. And by being true to that, meaning like really training the skill, and I have to emphasize that it is a skill to parse out whatever that complexity might be. And I think the, the meta-orientation or the meta-skill that is developed uh, as a result of doing that is actually recognizing how complex one's inner experience is. And by extension, how constrained the tool of language actually is. You know, so to that end, um, by recognizing that the tool of language is so incredibly constrained, I can then try to practice like listening into what's not said or what's underneath what's being said, how something's being said, what somebody is doing by saying rather than what they're saying that make any sense at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think this keys in a little bit more to um, something like mindsight, like the ability to perceive what is occurring in somebody else at a deeper level beyond just what's being said. And of course, somebody that I have a, um, a lot to thank for uh, in that department is uh, Taylor Barrett. You know, he's been running Authentic Relay in Toronto for 10 years. You know, we work um, together at the Vicky Foundation. He's a dear, dear friend of mine. I Like last night when we came back, like I just like sent him a message and I was just telling him like, I was so grateful for the way that, that he shows up and the month that we had spent together in Bergerac straight before I arrived here that as somebody who has been doing authentic relating and circling for so many years, like what Taylor brings um, just by virtue of existence, right? We talk about this concept of self as instrument. Like he really shows me what is possible um, in human relationships by embodying it mm. and by... Um, being a kind of model, yeah, he's modeling what is possible. And by being 
with him and, and spending so much time with him. Like I learn from him what he's doing by trying to do what he's doing and then start to like internalize that. And I sent him this message saying, you know, hey man, I think like the container that I just ran uh, you know, over this weekend would not have been possible without him being the way that he is and showing me what it is to actually navigate relational dynamics like highly skillfully um and that's an aspiration really yeah I, I love him very much could we go a little bit like specifically what does authentic relating contain like how can someone train that is mm-hmm. like maybe i have like a person that is really good friend i want to maybe try it together like without some of the prompts and some of the approaches that we can take in the communication with other people and relating to others. Right. Um, well, you can do it implicitly, like by yourself, if you just, you know, if you, if you track like, okay, uh, thinking, feeling, sensing, observing, whatsoever, you track that for yourself. Um, use the... So what was it, what yeah. was it again? It was, so we are yeah. feeling, thinking, thinking, feeling, sensing, observing yep. right um and just being able to start tracking that for yourself mm. uh the sentence stems i actually find quite helpful and quite innocuous uh, at least for most of them so something like um you know uh hearing that i'm this 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 mm. uh being here with you now thing right and Even if they are not explicitly in the container with you, you can develop that skill by tracking it for yourself. Or if you are in like, you know, an, an authentic relating meetup or something like that, right? Then there is a, there is a container that's set up to practice stretching those muscles and you isolate them and then you, you use them, right? So that when you go out, <laughs> even if you're like at a convenience store thing, it, it might be, You know, so the person behind the counter might just be having a really, really bad day or like you, you sense that they're not having a great time. There is an opportunity to like reveal some care, right? Or it, it sets up a scaffold to like be able to bring something like that forward. Maybe you do feel care. But again, as we talked about earlier, there's that encultured layer of like, oh, maybe I shouldn't <laughs> ask somebody how they are doing. You bring this to the playground again. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like serious play, right? Like, how can I experiment with my experience of this person who is behind the counter at the convenience store and actually be able to say, hey, you know, like being like being here exchanging money with you. Right? <laughs> like, like I feel some I feel some care around the way that, you know, you're you're doing, I don't know, the way that you're The way in which you're processing this transaction brings me like brings out me some kind of um, sense of care. Mm-hmm. I'm asked and what like to ask if you're okay, you know, and just like reveal yourself there. That's a shitty example, <laughs> right? But like, yeah, how do you how do you use it? I feel unsatisfactory around that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and <clears throat> yeah. This is uh, I want to experiment with that a little bit more. Mm. Because it was like one of the most powerful things I took to the playground. Um, the stem cells like being with you, I and I could fall back to whatever was coming out. 
Like, I'm sorry, I have to pause you there. I'm really amused that you said the stem cells. Oh, I was just like, what? <laughs> Did I say stem cells? <laughs> you said stem cells. Stem sentences. Or whatever <laughs> you want. The sentence stems? Yes. <laughs> stem cells. Uh, I was like, stem, stem cells. Oh my God. Like... <laughs> At the workshop, I haven't been concentrating in, or <laughs> my brain is like, uh, you know. Oh, oh my god! Yeah, 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 yeah. As 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 much as the weekend was fucking amazing, and so uh, I'm bringing a lot of wealth from it. It was also intense and energy demanding. Yeah, yeah. So like, I can definitely feel it on myself right now. <laughs> my brain is like fried a little bit, so. I need some stem cells, actually. I was just about <laughs> <laughs> some stem cells. Maybe this was like Freudian, biological Freudian slip. Yeah. <laughs> like my organism, like... More I, stem cells. More stem cells needed. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so it's just like, um, yeah, like being here with you and then, oh, hearing that from you and you actually relate to yourself. Mm-hmm. That was what I meant by like, you take a little pause and you have like, oh, what does this bring up in me? Yeah, you communicate that, and that feels like it. It it's in if we integrate it in relationships, mm. like people, uh, humans in general. Like it feels like it would. Um, a lot of the misunderstandings that there are in the in the space that would be like cleared up a little bit, because mm. like it's like someone is. Telling you something which might be like just a question, like literally, like have you done something? Like mainly, like relationships, mm-hmm. or something. And a lot of the times, it comes up, comes us, comes off as maybe aggressive, maybe something like that. And I could say, someone asks me that, I could say, oh, this I didn't, and it actually makes me feel like you are attacking me that I didn't do that, like, mm-hmm. or oh, I feel threatened, and I feel threatened. Yeah, and the other person, like, yeah, you were right, you. That's that's the way I am. Like, that's I'm threatening. I want you to do that, but usually it's like, oh no, 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 not at all. Like I, I actually just wanted to know if you did that. I can do that, or maybe I I want to remind you. And like, there's no yeah. hard feelings. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I mean, authentic relating is basically just bringing the present moment into a relationship. No, what's here right now, right? Yeah, yeah. what's here right now? Cool. Hmm. Very useful practice. I love it. I I just like went in my mind through situations in in this year. I could use it, and it would really help me with the situation. Like integrating the, these concepts, uh, because it's it's we are we are biding the theoretical realm with the practical, right? Like yes. All the time, because like the concept and framing is really important. But I'm really really looking forward how 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 it's going to unfold mm. when you embody these kind of practices. Mm-hmm. That, that it's actually. Uh, that when it's get part of your personality and basically like an automatic habit. Yeah. Yeah. And there is, I love that you bring up the embodiment part of it because like I often find that teaching this material in an embodied way is the best way for it to make sense. Like it's so hard for me to do these online. Like mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. I know that we, you, you tried the taster workshop online and it's a radically different experience. It was radically different, but very useful as well. Yeah. It's, it's, there's, there's something about like when bodies are actually meeting they're in space and you start to use the the body in a certain way right like um what we did with the uh noting, noticing exercise right where it's actually just a dialogical practice but then 
and we bring in the embodiment dimension and say, okay, Well, first of all, dialect the dialectical journaling. Yeah, I want to explore it a little bit more. But uh, for me, the experience was like I felt so great. Like I have this two, like two papers covered with like questions and answers, and it was super beneficial for me. And I was like, I found out actually how I am showing up. And it's coherent with the thing, with the way I want to show up. Mm. And I was like, actually proud of that. And actually to be able to bring that to other people that are, that I, that are in the container, but I don't really know. And they, 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 they share with me. Wow. You, you, you seem like you did this and this and that. I'm like, this is all contained in the thing I did mm. because it was like a gesture or something. And I was like, oh, wow, this is like, I can, I can just by simple gesture, like touching someone like on chest or back or whatever, doing something, you can transfer and um, embody these things. Mm. And I found out like your thoughts being like, oh, I'm, I'm all, why not take care of you? And I want you to have a good time and um, something like that. Like if you are actively thinking about it while doing the thing, like, it's helping so much and mm. it's like embodying the thing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And people can somehow feel that like it's, it's kind of obvious. Like if you go again into the theoretical realm, biology, you know, and stuff like that, how that shows up in like thousands of ways mm. in your body, how that is represented and how we communicate with our bodies a lot. And this is the thing that's, that's the saying, right? Like the most amount of communication is not explicitly and, and only like set, but yeah, also yeah. felt and experienced and experienced by the body. This one organism, right? So it's like, and your body is actually feeling something that you can't catch mm -hmm. with your mind. Mm -hmm. That's so interesting. That's so interesting to me. So, yeah. I saw with whatever expression that is coming from it, like from the moment that the question was asked, you went this way. Like, yeah, what's your... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like for me, this like authentic relating and being in the present moment, it was like a process, you know, because mm. at first, like the journal, in, in the moment of journaling, my brain was melted uh, because I had no sleep this day and I was like, I was just lying on the floor and I was just staring at the ceiling and I couldn't think of anything. You were like 20, just, 28 hours like up or 30 at, at the time, I think. Yeah, 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 maybe more, I think, at that at this moment. Yeah, yeah, something like, th yeah, yeah. And uh, so this was kind of when every other person was sharing uh, the thing, in, the mo in that moment, I realized what was the exercise about and I, that I like did it kind of wrong. <laughs> but then it was... <laughs> Like in unuseful way, basically, like me. <laughs> I just, I just, I was just completing the task and not doing it for myself. And, uh, but when we just like turn into, okay, name the quality mm. of this talk. 
I just totally shifted the perspective and, and I just like, I just, uh, crystallized the meaning as what's the relationship to yourself? Because I actually, I perceived these, the, the journaling part when there was basically for, for listeners, there was the eight, a character and B character and mm-hmm. a character was asking some question and B character was answering it. And the question was, what was the question? Um, how would you like to be by the end of the weekend? Yes. How would you like to be by the end of the weekend? And this kind of like putting the intention into mm-hmm. the, into, into your system. Yes. And when I realized, okay, it's really about the, about the self relationship to yourself. And then I was bringing this relationship to myself in the conversation with other person. And suddenly in this moment, it was really deep and connected and bonding. And basically it was like two strangers talking. We didn't know each other at all. Yeah. And suddenly I was, we were just, yeah. Okay. This is the part where comes like my one, one metaphor I want to mention. Because thanks to this conversation with one one participant later in the evening, we talked about how we solve these kind of problems, how we solve these kind of problems relating to our our self relationship and self talk. And you get imagine like the cups you have, and every cup is like filled in a different way. And one cup is like, for example, your emotions. The second cup is mm. your body, and the third cup is your thoughts and like cognitive skills. Mm-hmm. And Basically, I have the most filled cup with cognitive skills and the least least filled cup with my body. Mm. And I tend to go for solving problems into the most filled cup. So yeah. I'm I'm solving my problems and my self-talk with another self-talk, with another cognitive skills. And suddenly this exercise was, I was bringing the cognitive skills into the body. I was embodying them and and... Like the embodiment of my self-talk. Fuck. Well, <laughs> I didn't touch the thing. Go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> on your show. Yeah. Yeah, it was really, it was really strong for me. Yeah. And also, like experiencing the other person through, it was more. I was personalizing more the other person's perspective because they were moving me. They were. I was letting go a little bit. I was entering, I was letting them enter to my personal space to know for them, to know them better. Basically, I was a, like kind of tool for them. But being a tool was like, oh, I can get closer to what you feel right now. Mm. And it was 20 seconds. And in these 20 seconds, without word, I was feeling like deeper. Con- I was feeling connected almost at the same way as like if we were talking for yep. 20 minutes yep. in this like 10, 20 seconds. And it was really like profound experience for me, how you can combine the cognitive with the body, with the emotions that are appearing. Mm-hmm. Like this like integration of these like, like illusionary separated parts. Yeah. That was for me. And, and I, I experienced how that was working out later in the day because I was actually using it and I was, I was able to solve the problems in the conversations like more efficiently. And actually I was able to have like better grasp Mm. of what my experiences and of what my problems that are like patterns of problems that are appearing in my life repeatedly. Uh, How should I solve them? Well, I want to sit with that for a while because that's a lot. Yeah, it's like, let me see if I can, if I can capture it a little bit, like that 
that combination of exercises was giving you an understanding of the processes and the, the processes which create the relationship you have to yourself. Mm-hmm. And by actually entering into a relationship with somebody else and allowing them in, it like introduces noise into the system so that it changes the process such that when you apply it to a problem that you would otherwise lean on your default um, set of processes to work, you now have like a, at least a different process from which you can look at that problem and then it shifted. Yes, definitely. Wow. It was like, in the, at the beginning, uh, we were talking about, let's not name it, but be with it. Mm-mm-mm. Be in the presence of it. And the it was the combination, like the, some like, mm, soup melting together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it made me realize more things in less time. Ah. It was it was actually very efficient. Yeah. Th- th- there's like something like it's really fun funny like how Christoph and I are different. Like this is like my default state basically. Shit. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> oh. do, do you know what I mean? Yes. Do you understand yes. now? Something like something? Fuck. I need to I need to really sit with that right later because ah Well what's happening now? Now it's happening that I know that Voita has different perception of the world than right. he he's going into like uh grasping things and, and understanding things more fast than me. And I have, me, I'm I have very bodily because I have fantasia, I have yes, yes. very bodily things. But mm-hmm. also I have yeah, continue. And for me it was it used to be really frustrating because I was focused at the cognitive part and I was just rabbit holing it in it. Mm. And it just it 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 used to took us like hours of talking, the the most felt cup, when I understood the another parts and I got to the realization it was it was basically like really hours of talking and solving the problem I was perceiving like in the cognitive way. Mm. And like combination of these things, it makes me like closer to Voita's perception of the world because I now can understand that if you are if you are really aligned with these parts, like not only that I can trust him like in the realization because I'm skeptical like most of the time, I can really like trust him of, of what he's bringing into the conversation because I need to understand it in a cognitive way, but I can shift it also to, to bodily and emotional way mm-hmm. because there's more like uh, intuitive grasping. And it's also like, I was like, most of my life, I was suppressing the intuition. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I, I can't rely on that enough. And I was basically suppressing Voita's intuition into the organization. I was just, I, I, I wanted him to explain things in the cognitive way so I can understand them. So they fit together and there's some logic like working. Mm. And right now I feel, okay, there's real possibility. No, not possibility. This, that's reality that intuition is really, if, if you are uh, honest with yourself enough, intuition is really reliable source of knowledge <laughs> yeah and like 
it's actually it's making me like <laughs> I really can trust Vojtavit that and other people as well that it's not only like that my cognitive overthinking is uh, dominant over these things because I put that in disorder mm. and now I I, I, I see this like tripartite and it's equal it's not like hierarchy it's equal yeah. for me till this moment when I'm reflecting on it it was hierarchy and I was pushing Wojta into this hierarchy like in the conversations I and I saw it was really like uncomfortable for him and right now I really need to like cultivate it because I will go back to the cognitive cognitive uh, processing cognitive solving of the problems but I need to integrate the equality of them mm. Mm. what's that like to hear Wojta? Oh. oh it was very moving it's tough to share right now without breaking down <laughs> I feel like I'm more connected to Christoph. Like he like put the words and something I cannot explain. He just realized. It was kinda impossible to to share because there wasn't like there wasn't the same language we could use. There wasn't the same perspective that we could we could see. There wasn't the same world that we were in. <laughs> in this particular realm yeah. as much as we as we share a lot of the perspectives and we know that about ourselves i knew he feels like feels something like that and i explicitly like said something in a way but it was like it was like just the surface level of like i need you to do this for me at some point yeah and 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 and, and so it's like uh, very moving to hear um there is like some release going on it's really like powerful for me to hear that from Christoph. And actually, I, I will take this as an opportunity like to apologize to like for the times I, I've been like really tough and like really pushing because of my not un understanding, because of not grasping of your like whole experience. I don't want to say that I understand like like really understand, but I have the insight. Yeah. Like the insight I was waiting for like for fucking five years of how it is to be Wojta. Ah, that feels so good. That feels so good. I'm grateful that your existence in, is is designed in this way <laughs> and my my in this way. And I was, there was times I was a little bit, not a little bit, I was a lot jealous about the existence, how it is. And I was trying to push myself there. And every time like I got into this like frustration mode and like really depressive state. And right now, like these past like two weeks, actually I'm realizing my process is different. This is part of that. And that my process is like much slower. I need to listen more. I need to, I need to take seriously people's other people's like experience not be so skeptical about it because my my skepticism with time like most of the times turn out to be wrong it's good to have but like that it uh, reminds me that i should be more trusting more open and more going into like different uh, ways of perceiving as i said like through body through emotions and through this like not 
not naming it, not naming in which part I'm right now, but the integrative, the integrative uh, body of experience. So, yeah, just next time I'm I'm gonna be arguing with you like hard. Remind me of this concept. Maybe I push back. I know myself. How to name the concept? Let's call it tripartite of yes. experience. Tripartite of Remember the cups. Remember, Remember the, the cups. cups. Yeah. yeah. Tripart tripartite of cups. Yeah. And maybe I need like in the first at the first like to be like patient with me. I know it's sometimes hard. But I hope for my future self that I will try my best to integrate this into my life because I feel it can like change my life and put it real upside down. Oh no, from down, like right side up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> yeah. Oh. yeah like here, it makes me, um, hearing that is like, yeah, it's, I feel, yeah, first of all, very grateful and like, oh, like I'm always like, because of the way I am, Uh, I can only try to like embody the things and do the things the best I in the in the best way that I could, and 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 yeah, sometimes it was really really hard, but I feel like I, it feels like oh, this is why we have each other. This is like the different way that we are, and I I just wish for you to be you who you are, and be okay with it. Yeah, thank you. Because it's fucking great. Hmm. You don't need to do like anything else. Yeah. Thank you. And I'm so happy for you, like to be in a way like you are, because <laughs> it feels like really good to have <laughs> <laughs> this short experience of it, of like what it's like to be Voita. <laughs> it feels like really good, really nice. But I know I get hard. Did you, did you, you just had the realization there, and now no, now I'm having the realization. Really? Yeah. There oh. it was just the just the concept uh, of was, the gaps, and yeah, I was yeah. trying to like grasp my anger and when it where it like comes from. Okay. And it was like focused on there basically, but here it's focused more like generally and more relatable into the like experience we have with each other, mm. and it's more relatable to my experience with other people and my frustration with other people. And it's like relieving, very relieving. I don't need to push back. <laughs> I'm glad that you, we have recorded this and yeah. we can listen to it. Man, we've been waiting for you for five years to like, to like show us how it's, how it is to, to <laughs> how to understand each other. Like, yeah more precisely because I think we we haven't had that progress in, in a long time yeah 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 we were like we knew about a lot of things but actually naming things and making it concrete and specific and the realization living it like you saying like ah it was faster inside of me like oh I recognize this like I have the gaps filled differently and mm -hmm. this is the way I am and him being like Oh my God, it's like, oh my God, this is, that's it. It's so powerful.
And yeah, it feels like, yeah, we complement each other because of that. Like, that's why we do the thing that we do, right? Mm -hmm. Like sometimes, but sometimes it creates resistance, which is un unnecessary. And for me, it was very hard to, and I'm very patient. I'm, I, in this, like, in, like, this is the type of thing where I give a lot of, like, a lot of space because I know there's like no other way. Um, because it just doesn't translate, doesn't translate very easily. But with authentic relating, it's going to be like better, I think, better, better translation, actually. Yeah, and I want to put it into more like, uh, mm, uh, how to say it, de-individualized de way that like we as people may be speaking the same language, but we actually have different languages present and we should in order to function with each other. It's basically, I feel like during a couple therapy right here and it's, it's very useful, like not couple, like relationship therapy. Yeah. And we can explore the other languages more. It's basically like the known concept, like five languages of love. And we are focusing on like this romantic relationship. We are focusing on how we are communicating with each other in this like, um, Mm, propositional way mm. and yeah but we are focusing ourselves how we are which, which language which, which language we are speaking in existential like sensing and perceiving terms there are a couple of things that are alive for me at the moment <laughs> one of those things is like a kind of um, contentment at being able to watch the two of you interact in that way and to acknowledge like what sounds like quite a lot of um, um, history that have been that has been held for quite a while and like that openness like I, I wasn't feeling it as much as um, feeling more glad that it's happening for you guys. Like I can key into it, but like, I also, oh, wow, this is, you know, something that I didn't want to get in the way of, but I can experience from here. And it's very unique, like to the two of you. I don't think I've, I, would have, I don't think I would have imagined that that was ever there mm. because from my perspective, like you guys gel so well together and you seem to know each other intuitively incredibly well. And so I think that has something to do with um, what you were just mentioning, Voita, where it's like there is some, there wasn't a shared vocabulary necessarily, but there was some intuition that this thing is working. Mm. You might not know, like, might not have worked out all the kinks, but it is working. And what I'm hearing in the revelation that has just occurred for you, Christoph, is like, bringing forth this um this three cup model mm. as kind of like oh now we have a uh we have a working model to describe that you know and hopefully that smooths it out it's got nothing to do with me like i think i, I immediately felt some like pushback from like we've been waiting five years for you to show up it's like actually not, nothing to do with me um there is 
there's something that's generated here which like I wouldn't imagine given enough time would have would have come up with like the 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 working model anyway you know that can be shared what I find super valuable is the way that implicitly both of you seem to have been listening into the intuition that spoke about the value of the relationship at all how many relationships break down and crumble because vocabulary doesn't work I saw in that moment like a deep recognition of each other as being incredibly important to each other's lives. Um, that was really magical to see. And thank you for that. It just struck me that <laughs> like these exercises, they seem so simple. I'm not now talking about the meta maps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the meta maps. We, 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 <laughs> uh, we, uh, we, we didn't get there yet. Uh, and maybe it's not like for this for this conservation maybe but um, how just like well-designed exercise can bring these kind of realizations mm -hmm. and also like the person needs to be open right but but actually i wish like more people could experience that because it's it's just like someone designed this for you you are just struggling with your life. You're just struggling to grasp your emotions, grasp your thoughts and grasp your relationships and how you relate to the world. And you're just trying to solve it on your own. And then like this like, kind of magic that, that someone that is dealing maybe, maybe with the same shit like in life. And he, he has this urge to, to seek something. Oh, how can I like, uh, function in the world in relationships in a more aligned way and suddenly like there is this collective intelligence that people come together and inspire each other and and like this exercise it's 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 not coming from one person right it's coming from the from the urge in the system in the world in in our minds that needs to grasp something it's basically coming from from the bigger mind I would say it's coming from history. Yeah. It's coming from history. Yeah. And just this exercise, like it's, it's also not existing, but it's living on its own and it's affecting people and the world. People don't have to feel like they are struggling with like grasping stuff. You said like people struggling with something, but it feels like we are for our whole life. We are, we are going through process, right? And the process is like up and down and to the left and to the right and stuff like that. And you just, this is a process of like getting to know yourself better and aligning those, all those like layers that mm -hmm. ones have and the more, more alignment and attunement to those layers is like going to bring something into the, to you and to the world actually. And, and what's been on my mind, like sharing all this, like, this thing I found like two years, three years ago, this essay from Kierkegaard, the bird of the air and the flower of the field, or lily of the, of the field. This is like the, the representation of cups. Like he described it like the, the, the lily is just like lilying. It's just is, and it's like not thinking, oh, I should like fucking die now or uh, move to this side. No, there's sun. I move to the sun. Mm -hmm. You know, I get sunlight. It doesn't think that. It's just like is. 
and the bird is like doing that as well like it reminds me of the playground i always like the playground is representation for me the representation of the play playground is in nature it just is the way it is and i want to be more humaning like i want human i want to be humaning more like uh, what's the way i am and how can i attune to that in uh in in in, in some way maybe in better way or whatever so yeah that's been alive for me for a few few minutes now that's like a new brain we are t-shirt just humaning <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah just you just designed the t-shirt yeah yeah nice. yeah brain vr but also hands <laughs> <laughs> oh yes the community building wing of brain vr is yeah. like, but also hands yeah. yeah 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 there was this big concept that needed to be talked about before we went for a break what is that i'm like i just realizing oh, like yeah. something occurred and then like i want to shift gear yeah yeah bit. so let's kind of like start to wrap, wrap it up we're gonna fini finish in a little bit but one thing like you mentioned and i promised myself mm. you guys that we're gonna mention it again it was the imaginal mm -mm. and the imaginal layer is like also this is like a part of the puzzle right and i want to dig into that a little bit what what is the imaginal and when can it what can it bring us yeah um insofar as the mechanics are concerned right the imaginal is how you can use uh the imagination to alter your perception mm -hmm. um how it can change your salience landscaping change the way that you interact with the world so salience landscaping is like what suddenly like is drawing your attention basically yeah. okay what stands out to you yeah right so uh let's take it to let's take it in a dialogical manner we use the examples of exercises that we've brought up already so you do dialectical journaling then you assess the quality of that relationship right relationship to the self then we we invite we I, well, I invited the participants to go okay well how would you like that relationship to be and then put that into a gesture so using the imaginal right say okay what kind of person would I like to be and I'm going to embody the imaginal so then it becomes this gesture which is like i can say okay uh, i want to be a compassionate person whatsoever right but to get into a physical posture of somebody who is being more compassionate changes that landscape changes that salience landscape so the idea that you know i'm not just trying to imagine myself as somebody who is more compassionate i can do that and it does work right sometimes like oh what would it be like to be a compassionate person i just take it a slightly different way i like to mix and and match and try and integrate different forms so you know taking the imaginal into the embodiment changes the salience landscape in such a way that oh now in this noticing exercise this dialogical practice i will pick up on different things a different set of things than i would otherwise right? if i didn't embody it i pick up on a slightly different set and if i didn't ask the question of what kind of person would i like to be then i just do it as i am right so you see how they're they are kind of like stacking right the journaling is a mindfulness exercise then we stack the imaginal on top of that we stack the embodiment on top of that and we stack the dialogical practice to apply it into a context in relation that 
it's almost like a like a kind of butter, right? The imaginal. Then you know the last day playground, right? It's a crazy example of of what the imaginal is. All I had to say was there is a butterfly in the room, right? And in the in the playground state, because of this like rapid attunement uh, mechanism, right? I throw an element in there of this thing needs to be rapidly attuned to a butterfly in the room. And suddenly people start looking for it. Right? Like, I, I, thought, I thought it was real. Like it I, was. I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. You thought it existed. I thought it existed. In, like I threw it. I thought at first that it flew somewhere around mm-hmm. uh, and maybe it were well dead, but it didn't exist. Yeah. 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 And yet it is real. Right. So the imaginal dead then changes like, oh, for the group, like, oh, how I'm, I'm perceiving, like perceiving the environment differently, looking for this butterfly. Well, what, it w- what would it be like if the butterfly actually existed? And then we can see how like in that session, it cascaded very strongly into like the whole group is trying to do this thing. And then there's some emergent activity, some emergent behavior some emergent song whatsoever. I'm just there trying to support the, trying to keep the imaginal container going. Like, okay, the butterfly image is still alive, still alive, still alive. Um, So the hope here is that like, by engaging with the imaginal, by playing around with your salience landscaping, you actually change and train uh, what John calls train for transfer. That in the case of like the aspirational thing, or in the case of the the properly the symbol of the butterfly, right? That came out of that ritual. It transfers to daily life. And I was talking to one of the participants uh, after that. And it's like, yeah, can't look at a butterfly a different way again, ever. Butterflies now in general mean something. It means something very special. It calls into, like it calls up memories of this weekend that we spent together, for example and the quality of connection within that. The the, uh, dialectical journaling into the aspirational gesture, into the noticing, it's like, oh, this is someone I can actually be now, hopefully. And what would that be like in the world? Mm. I think the imagination, oh sorry, the imaginal layer is grossly underrated. Um, I think it's the most fun frankly um i feel like one of the worst things that could possibly happen is one of, is alienated from the imaginal you know that I can't play everything's too fucking serious all the time you know um like kind of like what we were talking about with serious play mm. earlier but then you also at the flip side where it's like the imaginal layer becomes over indexed on mm. and it's like you know it becomes the 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 only the only um the only place where things are most real. Mm-hmm. And like, like mm, I've seen that occur and I just like, I have so much resistance to it because again, like as we come back to the start of the podcast, like the realness is in the interaction between the real world and the imaginal. Not only in the real, not only in the imaginal. Mm-hmm. Like the space between that movement itself, that's really where it, whatever it is, mm. whatever, even it, like just saying that is wrong. Yeah. Right. But 
yeah this like ties everything together for me like because that refers to the othering so mm-hmm. we are not like saying what is it and like how did it show up and mm-hmm. when did it show up and I want to share the experience of it like it was like the group was doing something playing around uh, something because it was hot and it was intense like sometimes relaxing and kind of looking around and like you know being more and less intense and and then suddenly there was this butterfly I was looking for it and then I saw it on like I literally like in my mind like oh it's in on Joseph's, Joseph's shoulder this was really interesting because I saw it there and I, I was oh it's and Joseph like kind of played into it but then suddenly like group started like going into like a direction of oh and I'm like oh I saw it on the Yosef's shoulder uh, it felt really like it really felt it's there but then oh no the group like decided differently I had to attune myself really quickly to be oh no they found a butterfly there, there's like more intersubjectivity mm-hmm. we are only two of us me and Yosef mm-hmm. it's not as real as the butterfly over there mm-hmm. and we joined the butterfly over there and and we were like there was there wasn't like no instruction whatsoever. There's this butterfly, and suddenly someone's holding the butterfly, and suddenly we started to share the butterfly around. Yeah, and that revealed so much for me how people handled the butterfly, how I was feeling handling the butterfly. It was like wow, this is so powerful. That was like that was huge. It was really interesting to experience and really interesting to see, and yeah, like uh, related related to the note of over indexing it and and making it like oh what is it and like like spray to it forever and ever and <laughs> that's for me that's like the question of like spiritual bypassing and all these things that can occur, like you 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 experience something for example many times it happens on psychedelics right and you sense something and you feel something so real the realness is there yep and then you tie it to oh that's the thing and no that was the your relationship to it is real the state of being that you've uncovered there is real but then sometimes it gets mistaken people like push like oh this is real like follow this but they are pushing it to people that aren't actually in the relationship and haven't been there exactly and that's for me such a, oh my God, like uncover these mechanisms of like these kind of tough things where, yeah, this happens. Like it's confusing. It's hard for people to grasp. It's hard for people to attune. And again, we are, again, like all of these things coming together, right? Right. You need anchor to be able to explore mm-hmm. and be safe in this place. Then place. And, and thank you so much for this distinction between you experiencing something and create like feeling and creating the real in the interaction rather than like naming it saying it's this is real and it is Mm -hmm. but actually it's fleeting thing that you explore but you can take away into your life and you've had the experience and yeah it might show up like whenever i see a butterfly it's that's definitely going to be different butterfly for me it's like this inside joke of the group right yes <laughs> which actually is what an inside joke is yeah it is yeah like, imagine ah right yeah yeah the inside joke like just like this cups thing yeah yeah you guys it's like 
it's not going to make sense to bloody anybody else. <laughs> Except all the people that are going to listen to them. <laughs> well, Some, this, uh, somehow, at least. Well, this is one of my criticisms of the five love languages model, right? I, mm. I don't buy into that at all. I have quite harsh criticisms mm. about it, you know, because I think that um, if, you're, if you're participating in the relationship, then the internal working models are generated from it. The this cups thing really only makes sense to the two of you, right? You right. know, in the ways that it matters, it's real for us. Yes, it's real for you in a way that is not real for another couple of friends or a or a, a husband and wife somewhere or whatsoever. Or, you know, whoever might be listening to this, right? It really only makes sense to two of you because it comes, it is through the the history. Right of like oh five years has been like this and it's like I know you're aphantasic and like this sense of intuition you know each other deeply such that something like this has its weight. If we went away and wrote the brain we are handbook of three cups, right? Then, sorry, but who's participating in that? There isn't a relationship there. Actually, it becomes a, a an importing of a kind of model, and people have to bend to it. Some people might bend to it more successfully than others because they use it as a metaphor. Like an inspiration for Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But the but the the actual like realness, the significance, the importance of it, the relevance of it is present in this. So when we start to use it algorithmically, right? And then you end up with people saying, like, you know, hey, you're I don't know how you would use this, but like your thinking cup is too full, <laughs> for example. It's like, what is that supposed to mean? And it's going to spiral outwards into right. things that doesn't make sense, mm. right? Or it can it can potentially malform. Therefore, when you guys were were engaging with that, like I, I in a way I felt like I don't have room to step in. And I also feel like I don't think I should. You know, it's like there's something that's being developed which needs to be like requires my absence to flourish, not my presence. So then if we were to say, okay, how do we encourage or, or even help like, like facilitate, um, but in the proper sense of the word, like to make easy, to, to make it, to introduce ease, right? Um, how do we facilitate people generating internal working models that, uh, function in their relationships. It's like, we're implicitly asking the question of how do we encourage people to participate in the processes by which internal working models can be generated and what are the tools available in that? Yeah, dialogue's available, imaginals available, mindfulness is available, embodiment is available. Um, this is the DIME framework that we work with at Respond. Um, there is a there is a move now to introduce service as a, as one of those things. Right. Um, but I think ultimately like that does make sense, at least to me. Never mind wisdom, never mind the sacred, never mind whatever. Come back. First principles. And the first principles is, you know, how are we, how are we participating in relationships? How are we participating with the world? How do we track perspectives? How do we allow ourselves to play with it? 
And the more that we can play with it, the more we find certain kinds of affordances available. Then mm. we can track what affordances work. Right. What do I want? And the thing that orients all of those things is some kind of aspiration. Um, can be an aspiration to be wiser, sure. But there are also like micro aspirations, micro intentions. How do I want to show up today? How do I want to be today? How do I want to be for, you know, this dinner that I have to go out to with, you know, my mom or whatever? It's like, great. Try it out there. See if it works. I almost wonder if like, there's this fear of time. Yeah, I'm like, in kind of a, kind of a deep contemplative, like, like deeper in my, in my chest kind of like contemplation here around like, are we a bit scared of time or running out of time that there's a pressure to get the best thing right now and then not have the luxury of time to experiment? Hmm. When I will argue that developing the skills to experiment shortens the amount of time required to get it right. Right. Uh, <laughs> it's like this whole thing is like, oh my God, the metamodern move again, like actually design the mechanisms and principles of how to get from A, from point A to point B, where B point is like this maybe imaginal layer or like, oh, I want to be wiser or integrating the sage or whatever. It's like, oh, it doesn't matter where you end. Like it doesn't, you are, doesn't matter if you end up at the point B or not. It matters that you go from point A to B and you know how to go from point A to B. So you actually, now you have the mechanisms to continually actualize yourself. The, John calls it uh, continual self-transformation. I think that's the, that's, yeah, connecting for me a lot of things. And I'm so glad for this conversation because th this is what I needed actually after the camp, like I told you in our room, like mm. I have so many thoughts, like I, I, I want to like connect to, to the theoretical thing. And I want to like anchor, anchor some of the things. And now for me, it's like whew, anchoring and I'm feeling really well about it. Like if I'm feeling, ah, oh, yeah. Thank you so much for, for that. Um, and I had like one last thought that I, was alive for me. It was, and is is still alive. Is so much of the things that, are in society and are present in our life is somewhat imaginal in a way of like, okay, people came up with this and how do I interact with the things that people came up with? And that for me is really important because you can interact in an ecological kind of way towards your system and your organism. Sometimes we eat the whole thing. Mm. That's the, that's the thing. Like we eat the whole thing without actually being, how does this serve me? How is this eco ecological? How do I react to this imaginal thing? And this feels like it's our educational system kind of in a way. It's mm. a bit broken in this way. It's like you have this and use this and do this. But actually there's no, oh, this is how should, should you interact and how you how can you get from point end to B to actually create your own thing that is going to be real for you mm. because this is real for me, for us. So this is the real thing. No, that's bullshit. Like that's for real for you guys. It's real for, and that's for me like, oh, how do I interact with these? Con well, they might be concepts at, at, like right now they might be concepts. Like I read something in a book. Okay, how do, how do I integrate that? Do I want to integrate that? Is it useful for me? Is it like ecological? Mm -hmm. 
taste for me is like another layer. And I think like I'm actually obsessed with this layer a little bit. Like to be able to parse it out in the most optimal way. Yeah. And it feels like, oh, I was working on this for like a lot of years. And uh, that's for another conversation, I think. Whole another <laughs> big <laughs> combinatory oh, explosion. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, maybe after tier two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> I wanted to add one thing to that, and uh, that is about the like imaginal paradigms, uh, imaginal structures that are being present in, in basically societal systems that you have the ability some degree of the ability to to choose in what in in what imaginal systems and what imaginal structures we want to participate and that is i think the realization that there is imaginal mm-hmm. and i think there are structures and the good example is for example religious imaginal structures that are competing with each other like uh in how many for example minds that are present like in in people And uh, I think it's also influencing the kind of realness perceived by the by the people, how how strong the imaginal concept is, and that uh, just to the realization that you can choose the imaginal structure you're going to be part of, and and you actually your choice can influence the uh, like degree of the like strongness on or realness how the imaginal is real in the system mm-hmm. it's just the thought that would would need to unfold more yeah. mm-hmm. but it's maybe for another conversation yeah yeah I do have something to say about that I think the the imaginal structures aren't actually competing mm. it's the people who are competing with each other about the imaginal structures. And like, if I could take a look at it a little bit, like one level deeper than that, it's like, well, why is that happening? And beyond the, I can agree or cannot disagree or or can agree or cannot agree type thing. um, What I'm, what I'm seeing it point at is, actually something more like I don't know how to integrate I don't know how to integrate myself within a multicultural system or intercultural system with different beliefs or different values or whatever I don't know how the hell to do that so if I don't know how to do that then maybe um, maybe the better thing to do is uh fight for what I know and try and like stand my ground on the thing that is known to me rather than try and integrate. (coughs) But my hope anyway is that integration can be a skill in and of itself. And if integration can be a skill in and of itself, then that means well, whatever comes should be able to at least test that skill or refine it um, over time. Having said that though, it requires uh, an orientation of some sort. 
So even if I do integrate like five different things, what's keeping them from splitting apart again mm. is some kind of orientation towards whatever it is that is greater than the sum of their parts. In that process, that's where competition is necessary. Because competition at the root of the word is that you are with somebody, right? And challenging each other to get to some goal. That's actually what competition means. If integration, integration does not mean they become the same thing. Huh? Integration means that they, they can interact mm. with each other. Then there is some competition that can occur such that all of the parts are getting more refined towards some sort of aspiration. If we don't have that orientation, we don't have that aspiration, and we don't have the integration, or we don't know how to do that integration, then we're in some kind of like weird purgatory. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. And with that, we're going to finish the conversation because we are running all space. So thank you so much. I mean, we really appreciate this and we're looking forward to speaking again and recording other stuff because I think there's going to be more. Oh yeah. This was fucking fire, man. Thank you. Oh yeah, my yeah. God. Let's go. My jeez. <laughs> Let's go. Thank you guys. Yeah, right. cool. Let's go. See you guys later. Listen to Bring Me Iron Chill. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have time. I'm sorry. <laughs>